Welcome in everyone to Leading Off on Monday, September 27th. Hosting again today is Brandon Tuma and with me is the boss man, Dan Harris. Before we get started today, I do just want to take a couple minutes to remember and reflect on the impact that Mike Taglier had on everyone within the Fantasy Pros family, the listeners and readers, the industry as a whole, and of course, his loved ones. It's my belief that Fantasy Pros wouldn't be the site it is without tags, and it's clear already that his reach was very extensive. I'll turn it over to you now, Dan, but he just will truly be missed. Yeah. Um, Joe and Yates and I recorded a podcast over the weekend. You should check that out if you want to hear about the reach that tags had and a little more about who he was as a person and just, you know, how we all feel about it. That's on the Fancy Bros football podcast. But yeah, tags was amazing. This is horrifically sad. We talked about it too much, whether or not we should do this. Like, do we have a podcast? Do we do we talk about baseball? It feels so trivial to talk about sports at this point. Uh, but I mean, putting aside the fact that obviously it's our job, but Tags would want us to continue to talk about fantasy sports. And it's a little weird watching football without him, but certainly we're going to keep going till the end of the season with this, the football podcast keeps going. And if there is a funny memory and that that's the way I deal with grief, um, you know, I talked about it on the fantasy Pro football podcast. Mayor sent a great thing last night in our group chat uh, about the last, I don't know, t- interaction he had with tags on Twitter. And it was somebody who had accidentally tagged, tags with me you and joe and i think you probably meant to tag mayor and tags basically doesn't follow baseball at all anymore or didn't at all and said something like you know is barry Bo-, like responded to it it was just like yeah is barry bond still available and, and that was the last thing so it was great to sort of see um but yeah look we're we're all horribly sad but we're gonna keep going forward and hopefully find some therapy for us and for our listeners in talking about fantasy. So I'm fresh off a championship win. Uh, I'm just chilling and probably the greatest fantasy, uh, fantasy baseball manager in the history of managers. So uh, I'm just going to dine out on that for the rest of the day. If that's cool, Tuma. That is absolutely cool with us. Like you said, I do agree. Tags loved fantasy sports and giving advice and helping listeners and readers win leagues. And that is what we are going to do here on today's leading off. Congrats on your championship. Is this the league that you survived all those Braves hitters going off? I am very hopeful that my good friend, John, who is the commissioner of that league, is listening to this right now. I know he listens to it uh, because he mentioned it and thinks you're doing a fine job, by the way. Tuma, I'll throw that out there as the host. But uh, yes, it was. And I'm not kidding, guys. Like, I have won championships in a variety of ways. Uh, You know, I've won Roto Leagues. I've won the most insane finish to a Roto League ever, which I think probably we'll say for an off-season podcast, Tuma. But actually, I promise you, the most insane finish to a Roto League ever. But this is the first time I had a head-to-head points league where I had a a terrible team, narrowly made it into the playoffs, and worked my way through the playoffs by picking up random people that I didn't even know who that like Rogers from uh, the nationals. No, mm-hmm. I, I don't know who you are, but I appreciate your two start week very much. And just sort of BS my way through the playoffs to win the championship. It's invigorating. I, I told John, I'm, I'm going to be doing this more for sure. So uh, it is, it was that uh, the Braves made it close, but I ultimately survived. 
the trivialness of fantasy baseball in September, that is fully what we've been talking about. Ever since the Frank Schwindel mid-August stuff, and now it's yes. Josh Rogers and you know, there's some other names we're going to get to here, Lane Thomas and, and those types oh, of guys. Lane Thomas and Frank Schwindel, both on that team as well. That's not <laughs> I mean, it was it was legit. If you had not been following baseball closely right now, Tuba, if I hadn't been doing this podcast with you, I probably would have been like, who are these guys and why are they carrying this bastard to a championship? But <laughs> I'm going to live it up. I'm, I'm going Sizzler for sure. As you should, as you should. So some other players who have been helping fantasy managers as of late, we're going to start with a couple of young Rays. Wander Franco returned to the Tampa Bay lineup on Friday. He then sat Saturday, played Sunday, went three for eight with two doubles, a triple, a walk, two runs. This guy doesn't stop. The on-base streak is up to 41 games. So he's too shy of Frank Robinson's record for a player under 21 years old. Obviously, if you have Franco and you're playing, get him back in your lineup for this week. It looks like he's going to be a good one. Yeah, he I mean, there's really not much to say about him. Certainly, if you have him, he looked good. So you should put him back in out of curiosity Tuma, in the league that we are in together. If we're in a draft, what round am I going to have to pull the trigger on Wander Franco to be able to get him on my team before you? I think he's going to be a mid third. I think is where he's going to settle in this year. And there might be some overzealous people who start reaching in the late second. I, I don't think you can make a case earlier for that. There's going to be too many either aces or, you know, more high end power speed combos that go ahead of him. I mean, I think that is the one thing, right? Like he has not shown elite power. He has not shown elite speed or anything like that. So to take him where you're going to have to take him, you're going to have to understand that there's going to, and there will be further power development. He's a baby. He'll, he'll get stronger as he goes on. But you're going to have to understand that you're passing on guys who can probably have more of a fantasy impact just for the upside. Like basically you did with Vladdy probably for years. Um, his production didn't warrant where he was drafted until now. So there will be that year, maybe next year. But either way, if you were in a league with Tuma, please understand to bump him up by a round or three. Yeah, that is a another fun offseason topic. Actually, I think it's not is just like talking about like draft strategies and when to take upside guys and when to take, you know, safer guys and things like that. There'll be time to get into that. Another player we're all going to want this offseason will be Shane Baz. He made a second start on Sunday against the Marlins. And again, it was it got obviously overshadowed a bit by football yesterday, but five and two thirds innings, three hits, no runs, nine strikeouts. He increased his pitch count to 82 after being at 65 in the first start. 14 more whiffs. If you're still playing this week, use him because he's got one more start. Yeah, this has uh, been basically the top of what we could have expected from him coming out. Tuma, he's been awesome. Um, I mean, we can talk about next year, obviously, but regardless, certainly if, you know, if you if nobody picked him up because it was his first week and wanted to see how it goes, now we know how it goes. And if you need help in your last week, certainly he's he's one of the top options at starting pitcher. The final up for the weekend was the St. Louis Cardinals, just as a team who won their 16th straight. I think doing this show every day has really given me an appreciation for some of these teams and the win streaks and monitoring the standings. And that's really, you know, what makes baseball fun this time of year. But my goodness, the Cardinals won. 
16 in a row, they are easily going to be the second wild card spot just in terms of a real life baseball point, Dan. Like we've kind of just joking, haha, they'll have the wild card game against the Dodgers. Do you take this Cardinals team seriously? Of course. I I mean, if you win 16 in a row, I don't care what you're doing, you get taken seriously. Do I think that they're gonna be able to survive Max Scherzer in a wild card game? Probably not. Assuming that it's Scherzer, by the way, we don't know for sure. We've got some injuries with the Giants still two games back, but assuming I don't, I don't see how, but it's the Cardinals. It's been great to watch. Their lineup is great. We talked about it. John Lester also on the team to uh, win the championship because you were just getting by with whatever you could. He's been great. I don't know, man. One game, anything can happen. doesn't matter who's pitching. So I, you absolutely have to take them seriously. And I think that it's funny. (laughs) <laughs> that's right go cards did ask us a month ago who they play in the wild card game and we laughed that is absolutely correct we did not see this coming so uh yeah man it's it's been really fun to watch again we mentioned goldie and just how good he has been his final numbers are spectacular really so get on them mike mayer love tuma's fake laughs oh boy wait do those you think are fake they- you laugh fake <laughs> are my jokes are those fake mayor oh no Sorry. Oh God. Panic. <laughs> do you think, I do think baseball is going to be in a great spot with the two wildcard games, you know, however the AL shakes out Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, probably. And then national league, the Cardinals against either the Dodgers or the Giants. Those are going to be both great games wow. and the wildcard I've come around on the wildcard game. It's a lot of fun as a baseball fan. Yeah. I don't mind it at all. I liked, you know, it did get annoying at the end. Like right now the Dodgers and Giants would just be chilling and, you know, whatever, like, it's good that they have to play all the way to the end. But uh, I really, really, I can't, uh, watching baseball this week is going to be amazing just for the endless texts between you and Mayor. I, I will tune our audience in very quickly. I We've mentioned it before, Tuma's like the most optimistic little human in the world when it comes to the Red Sox. And Mike is more like me, this like old pessimistic, like they didn't, they could have done so much more. They didn't. And they actually text fought late last night it's like 11 o'clock at night they're having a text fight about the red Sox, and like mayor is like yelling at tuma because he's optimistic and tuma is making his case as to why mayor is too pessimistic and it's glorious watch i don't know if i'm rooting for the red Sox to make it or not make it but i want it to be controversial i want them to like maybe whatever happens it has to happen on a play that like the umpire blows or something like that because i need to see exactly what this looks like when the two of them go head to head for the record Tuma won the text fight so we'll just say, leave it at that and move on from there up but it was a clear victory a clear victory a couple of pitching performances who let us down this past weekend Tristan McKenzie two and a third innings five hits three earned runs three strikeouts and three walks he ended up allowing 10 runs over his past two outings I don't know this he's his frame is so slender it's it's hard not to think he just tired down the stretch the innings increase all that stuff but just you know he helped managers probably get to the finals and just didn't come through when we needed it most it's so hard to figure out how to judge guys like this Tuma, who like they made such a big impact when he came back up and he was like firing just you know non-stop solid starts and then to fall apart at the end like this it's just such a kick in the stomach. So yeah, he's just long-term again, we talked about it. It, this kind of puts a damper on the optimism that I had for him next year, because I did think long-term just his frame 
it's hard to see him surviving. But next year, it felt like, well, it's a year. We'll see what he can do. But the fact that he's now kind of looks like he's just out of gas, even though, again, he had spent time on the IL, makes it a little harder to trust him going into next year. Yep. And I've been getting, as I mentioned on the show, a little bit reflective about some players and what we thought of them preseason and how they ended up shaking out. Someone who just never got it going, Carlos Carrasco, four innings, seven hits, five runs on Sunday against the Brewers. He had the long hamstring injury, obviously. He ended up making 11 starts with a 5-7-3 ERA of the season. Just never got it going. You know, whatever people think of him going into next year, he'll be easy to acquire in drafts. I think I will probably be one of the people drafting him next year because I do think that a guy like Carrasco is a guy that for the most part, when healthy, we have rarely seen pitch poorly. This year is kind of the exception where, you know, when he was here and he was purportedly healthy during the season when he pitched, he pitched poorly. Uh, I'm inclined to write that off to the fact that he had lingering stuff that he missed so much time that he just couldn't get going. And I will probably be buying him and he's going to be dirt cheap next year and have as much upside as anybody. So he'll be a guy who I'll buy next year. Some news and notes, Joe Ryan, who we love on this podcast was placed on the bereavement list. So he's that cost him a two start week, but he still gets one start against the tigers. He is must start. Brandon bell will undergo x-rays. It could be a tough blow for the giants. If they lose him, it, it does seem like a somewhat, significant injury so if you have him and you're playing this week just monitor the news before you put him in his in your lineup and also joey vada was battling a knee issue this weekend again these are just injuries to monitor there could be a lot of shenanigans going on the final week dan is it something where if you have players on a team who has already clinched whether it's the brewers or the white Sox or the Rays or a team like that do you consider sitting them because the team might rest them or is it only if you have confirmed news on that no i consider sitting them for sure i mean i you know it's more of a tiebreaker at this point because like the the white Sox, you know are are going to basically you know have guys play a couple of days teams that are really out of it like i i don't think like the marlins are going to rest players you know for the most part i think that those teams sort of go into it. but teams i think that fought hard down the stretch that are then kind of out of it like they're just going to take a break so certainly ideally like players like the in the you know for the giants and players for the phillies and players for the braves and players for the dodgers you feel comfortable sort of getting out there in your starting lineup but i agree that for the most part if they're out of contention completely that that's definitely especially if they have anything remotely minor they're probably going to sit a little bit chris paddock is shut down for the season he finishes with a 507 era just again another pitcher who just never got it going this year and then nick anderson who is back for the Rays, by the way andrew kittredge had been their closer he's on the il anderson got the save on sunday if you are just i need a body who might get saves anderson could be the guy this final week yep i mean you know he is a body he might get saves he is valuable i mean i i picked up chris stratton in like four leagues so yeah Oh, it's my turn to talk. Okay, some pitching standouts from the How weekend. How much did Show- you expect me to talk to, I like that was like a four second pause, man. I thought you had a big Chris Stratton take to give. Yeah, my my take was I can't believe I picked up Chris Stratton because I was so <laughs> desperate for saves. Go ahead. Shohei Otani, seven innings, ten strikeouts, one in run. Fun stat: he becomes the first player to combine for multiple triples and ten plus strikeouts in back to back games since Chief. Bender in 1905. 
Man, I remember when I drafted Chief Bender, and I felt really good about what we were getting from that, but Otani blew it out of the water. Yeah, it's just silly. It's dumb. I, it's almost, like, obnoxious how good Otani has been this season, but fun to watch. I look forward to his MVP and to me uh, taking the L on that one, and I hope nobody can find a clip of me being like, that's a dumb bet. Don't ever make that bet. Lucas Giolito, six innings, five hits, no runs, six strikeouts against the Indians. He finishes with a three, or not finishes, he has one more start potentially, but a 358 ERA, a 112 whip, 198 strikeouts. I was thinking about this. If you drafted him to be your ace this season, are you happy with the results from Giolito? I think so, just in context of the fact that you had, you know, a lot of pitchers get injured, some up, some down. So I would say... Maybe happy is the wrong word, but sort of like satisfied. You, you can, you're okay with it. Um, but certainly I, I would feel like he probably felt a little short of expectations, but given the landscape, you're okay with it. Yeah, I don't think he had that true ceiling outcome that people might have been hoping for. But I think the difference with him is in a Roto League, especially, is you never sat him. Like there was never a time like, oh, should I sit Giolito? Whereas like Luis Castillo, you might have missed out. You might have had a lot of the bad stats, missed out on a lot of the good stats. Like if you just rolled with Giolito, 198 strikeouts, like that is big time volume that you got from him. For sure. I mean, when he was out there, you felt pretty good about starting him other than a couple of rare starts. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. But again, you you did hope that he might take that next step, especially early in the season. And he didn't. But no big deal. Julio Urias earned his 19th win. That is valuable for fantasy by tossing five scoreless on Sunday against the Diamondbacks. His ERA is down to 301 for the season. He's up to 179 and a third innings. That innings total, I did not see coming for him. So great season for Julio Urias. And then Kevin Gosman, six innings, one run, 11 strikeouts against the Rockies on Sunday. We just talked about Gosman, the difference in his splits in the first half, second half, ERA XFIP. So this helped normalize things a bit, I think. Yeah, and in Colorado, right? I didn't, yeah, I'm, right? Colorado. It was, in, that. that's, that's, I mean, you probably started him. He got pushed up a day. I think fantasy managers were probably debating given how bad he's been. Then he had the two-star week and you're like, all right, I'm going to roll with him. Let's see how he does. He was mediocre for a while. And then to just pop out that star, man, in Colorado was awesome. Gosman's great. I wonder what his market's going to be like, Tuma, in the offseason because he took the qualifying offer. So should be interesting. But yeah, really good to be able to uh, rely on him here at the end of the season. And obviously, if you're still in contention, like feel a little more confident about rolling him out there this week. A final pitching standout, Luis Severino tossed two more scoreless innings out of the bullpen. Look, if you play in a league, he's not going to get any starts. He's pitching out of the bullpen. But if you play in a league where ratios like that are valuable, he looks extremely effective in a multi-inning relief role. Yes. Moving on. I got a haircut this past weekend. I'm clean shaven, which means I got to make sure I'm also clean shaven and groomed and trim and in order to do that i want to use the lawnmower 4.0 from manscaped what makes this trimmer different than all other trimmers it allows you to customize your trim length all throughout guard lengths sizes one through four the optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor and did i mention wireless charging the lawnmower 4.0's New wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. 
Leading off listeners can get 20% off with free shipping by using the code leading off at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code manscaped.com. Dr. Glenn never saw it coming that smooth, smooth, smooth transition. That's funny. I mean, I see it coming six miles away when it comes and I really enjoy it. But uh, Dr. Glenn, pay closer attention, baby. Okay. I want to talk about some hitting standouts and this might help for leagues. If you need a streamer, Cabert Ruiz and Lane Thomas, the aforementioned hero from Dan Harris's fantasy team are two nationals players and the nationals Opened the week with a three-game series in Coors. Cabot Ruiz had four hits and two homers this weekend. Lane Thomas homered again on Saturday. Thomas, in particular, since joining the Nats in mid-August, is hitting 291 with a 918 OPS, seven homers, and four stolen bases. Are both these guys in your consideration for lineups? For sure. I mean, you know, if you get at if you get anything at a uh, in Coors, everybody's sort of under consideration for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think at this point, again, it, it's no, we called it week to week managing. It's it's like day to day, inning to inning managing. So a- absolutely. I mean, and Thomas really has just been very solid for out like the last several weeks. And the good thing about him is, again, he leads off on so points leagues. You're going to get the at bats. He does strike out a little bit, but he's got speed. He's got power. Like he's a guy who probably just should be in your lineup this week, regardless of the matchups and the matchup happens to be good. Frank Schwindel has kept it going again lately. Fun stat on him. The first player to hit 350 with 13 homers in the first 50 games with an organization since Matt Holiday joined the Cardinals in 2009. Way to stat it up, you nerd. I love it. Uh, yeah, Schwindel was was good. And I, I was joking with Tuma how I was going to blame uh, Mayer um, about uh, because his quick grades had Schwindel over Jazz Chisholm, who homered twice on Monday. And I think Schwindel wound up outscoring him in the points league despite that. So kudos to Mayor. He lives to see another day here on this podcast. But yeah, dude, I don't know. He's been good. He's still in my lineup. So whatever. Shout out to Quick Grades. If you do have some tough start sit decisions, make sure to use that resource over at fantasypros.com. A lot of comments coming in about Giancarlo Stan, and it is giving me some PTSD. Giancarlo Stanton had seven hits this weekend, three homers, 10 RBIs. I was at the game on Saturday. It was the most fun Fenway had been since the 2018 playoffs. And then we brought in a lefty relief pitcher and first pitch Dan Stanton just demolished it over the monster. It was quite heartbreaking, but in terms of Stanton's fantasy value, he is heating up at the right time. One note, more note on him. He's played 133 games. He has 34 homers. This season coming in was probably the cheapest we'll get him at for the rest of, you know, his prime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really depends on, you know, you you have to build in the injury risk when you have him. You know he's going to miss a little time, but he's going to crush the ball when he touches it. And I can live with guys like that. Like, personally, I'm fine. When you're going to be injured and... I can replace you with some level of production. That's much better than guys who will be in there and not produce. So yeah, in the end, it turns out to be an okay season here for Stanton. Cedric Mullins wound up getting that 30th homer. So he does finish as a 30-30 player this season. Corey Seager hit a pair of homers on Sunday, also tripled on Friday and had a four hit game on Thursday. He started slow, but he has really come around as of late. I believe he's a free 
agent this season. It'll be interesting to see where he lands up, but he's just like a rock solid four category contributor at this point. Yeah. I mean, he missed a lot of time, obviously this year he's played in only 88 games, but yeah, kind of everything that we saw really sort of looked like it was there in the beginning of the year. And I think he never fully got right after coming back from the injury completely. Like he wasn't bad or anything like that. Certainly in points leagues, given how much he walks and how little he strikes out, uh, he was valuable for sure. But uh, I don't think he really got quite as going as as we thought that he might. But next year, he's a guy who I don't think there'll be much of a discount on. So I, and I, I would pay for it because I think, you know, he's just getting into his prime is 27. I think he's going to be uh, a, probably even though you'll have to pay for it worth it next year. I think the Dodgers are going to let him walk and just slide in Trey Turner over as their shortstop mm-hmm. next year. But for fantasy purposes, Turner is going to have second base eligibility. We'll get into it eventually. I think we're going to need to give him a really long look as I know all these guys at the top are just all such studs, but 23 homers, 31 steals, a 322 average, and you can play him at second base. That yep. sounds like a top you know, four or five player to me. I've always been higher on him anyway than I think how people are are looking at things. Um, yeah, I love it. I I'll, I'll take him as early as I possibly can. Wonky Penguin remembers having a Jose Canseco forty forty poster uh, as a kid. Fun trivia question for anyone in the Peanuts and the Cracker Jacks: Name the four players ever in the history of baseball to go forty forty. There are four. finally, yeah, there's four players that ever went forty forty. Okay. Obviously, Canseco is one of them. So there's three others. Did Vladdy ever make it? No. Or did he? Or he fell one short. I think. Okay, go ahead. Uh, wrapping up with a couple of weekend duds: Lance Lynn six innings, six runs against Cleveland. Again, just you know, wrong timing on that one. But then Shane Bieber, I put him in the duds. He pitched three perfect innings and struck out three. So obviously the results weren't bad, but it was only three innings. He has one more start this week. You know, it's probably going to be a max of five innings. He looked good on uh, Friday, despite the reduced velocity. I guess if you want to use him, go ahead. I just wanted to shout that out because it might be something that managers are debating. Yeah. I mean, what he'll probably go five in this last start. So whatever. I'm fine to do that. The Peanuts and the Cracker Jacks have already gotten the other three. It was Alfonso Soriano, A-Rod, and Barry Bonds. I remember the Soriano year. God, remember that guy? Man, yeah. at one point he looked like a dominant force, and then he looked like a guy who was going to swing and miss on every pitch. Soriano, the year he did it, too, it was with the Nationals in 2006. The I do remember, yeah, and there was all, wasn't there all the stuff about, like, where he was going to play, and yeah. he, he put up the fight, and it was like he wasn't even going to play because he had to play the outfield or something like that. I don't remember. It was before you were born, too. It doesn't matter. Yeah, very interesting career. Anyways, okay, we have some time left. Let's get into the home run calls from the weekend. Dan, I do not see your name at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I, I did not. Again, I, I was supposed to make calls. I said this week, I asked Mayor if I could just have Alonzo for the weekend. I did, and he didn't homer, but a lot of people did. Joe's up to 34, but now he is tied with three others, Randy Gokards and Helpless in Miami. Derek from Texas ACAC is up to 33 after calling Stanton on Sunday. Smalls is up to 32 thanks to two home runs from Brandon Belt on Saturday. So we've got 1,242. Again, there are three people tied in the lead. It is Joe. It is Randy. It is Go Cards. Uh, Al, I'm sorry, four people and Helpless in Miami. My apologies. Uh, Derek from Texas, ACAC, right behind him at 33. Smalls, Lawnmower Man, 4.4, and me are at 32. Turf Durgerson at 31. Mayor D. Gordon Liddy at 29. Then it falls down to Wonky Penguinus, et cetera. So it's a race. 
I hope we can get to 1300. I hope somebody can catch Joe. I don't think the Phillies play today, right? If not, I was just going to say, this is the night that we can jump ahead because it. he just has Bryce Harper in perpetuity. So he can't make a call tonight. So we can get an edge on him. Yeah. I say we, as if I participate, but right, uh, you don't. <laughs> the home run callers can get an edge on Joe Pizapia today. Yes, let's, let's do it. I mean, it's a small slate. There aren't that many. Games. How many total games are there today? Four? Is that I it? think there's Overall? four games total. It was supposed to only be two. There was a couple five, of games last week. I think there are five. five okay. Games. Five games, but yeah. Mike Mayer for our DFS notes, it's just only a two-game slate for the main Oops. slate. Maybe there are four. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. Um, Yeah, so there are two, obviously, for the main slate. The only two that are there are the Nats visiting the Rockies. So it's a it's a Coors game. And then the A's visiting the Mariners. Could, by the way, the Mariners being in the wildcard hunt really just sort of unforeseen at this point, right? Like, I didn't see that it was getting there, but regardless. Yeah, um, it's very, imp- very yeah, impressive. No one's even giving them a shot, really. It's like, I know. With the Cardinals. But they're they're right there. They're better than the Red Sox, I'm sure, as Mayor would say. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about the starting pitchers. Obviously, with the slate, you've got four starting pitchers. Uh, your most expensive pitcher is, at least on uh, Fandle, is Herman Marquez in Colorado against the Nats. He is nine thousand on Fandle, eighty two hundred on DraftKings. Second most expensive is Chris Flexen, uh, eighty six hundred on Fandle. And 8,700 on DraftKings. And then you've got some price disparities here. Josiah Gray, 8,000 in uh, Colorado here. Uh, and 6,700 on DK. So that's more of a GPP or secondary arm. And then Curler, uh, Cole Irvin, pardon me, 8,300 on FanDuel. And 7,200 on DraftKings. We have the best game stack as Rockies hitters against Josiah Gray. And my God, I am just realizing this. Juan Soto has three games in Coors Field as part of his final week after the second half tear that he's been on. But who are some other individual lineup builders we can go with? Yeah, Rommel Tapia is just 2,800 on FanDuel, 3,500 on DK. Josh Harrison, 2,300 on FanDuel, always cheap, and 3,900 on DK. And then Ty France, 3,100 on FanDuel and 4,400 on DK, it's slim pickings, so uh, not not too much here. But hopefully, again, Joey P can't make it. Some a couple of guys are going deep tonight. Somebody get on it. We have a couple of questions in the chat. Can you just clarify for everyone listening? Does the home run call have to be from that teeny tiny two game slate? Uh, Mayor can be the judge of that. Mayor really runs the home run contest. I always thought that it was only the main slate, but given the fact that we have two games. I'm okay to open it up, but it's up to Mayor. Mayor is the lord of the home run calls here. Okay, we'll see if we get a response from Mayor in the chat. Otherwise, we can look in the Fantasy Pros Discord. But your call for the night to try to get a lead over Joe Pizapia, you are going with? I imagine most people are going to take Soto, which I am good with. Uh, I think there's a lot. I worry, always worry that there could be the great Herman Marquez start. So I'm going on the other side. Home runs against uh, Josiah Gray are always a good call. I'm going with CJ Crone for my home run call of the week. And we did get that response from Mike Mayer. He says, open it up. Chaos for the final week of the home run calls this season. Listeners can call any game for a home run. That's good. I, I hope that uh, it, that's what happens and it ends. And Joe has no idea because he doesn't listen to the show or care about the home run call. He just got lucky that he picked the MVP for the rest of it. And he gets knocked out by this technicality that we just changed that he had no part of and he doesn't even know about. <laughs> okay. 
There's that nice big laugh for you. But we got uh we do have a tiny slate tonight, which means tomorrow I am going to get a little creative with some topics for us to discuss. But Dan and I will be here every day this week. We're going to wrap up this thing the right way. Baseball is coming to an end. It is getting a little sad. There will be time to reflect. We will do that. But for now, there are championships to win. Is Mayor not hosting at all, by the way, this week? This is just it. Mayor just off because of his quote-unquote real job. Is that what we're doing? Mayor? (laughs) Get talk in the chat, Mayor. Find out if you're hosting at all this week. Sorry. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk in the text. If if I forget, if Mayor wants to show his face after I schooled him in some Red Sox knowledge last night, for Dan Harris, this has been Brendan Tuma. We will see you later this week.